Do you ever wonder if we're living in the end times? In Dr. Jeremiah's new book, Where Do We Go From Here? He examines what Bible prophecy reveals about 10 phenomena happening in our world today. Order your copy this month, and if you give $75 or more, you'll also receive Dr. Jeremiah's entire teaching series on CD or DVD, correlating study guide, and his interview special on DVD. Order now at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Believers aren't immune from loneliness. In fact, their stories are found throughout the Bible, along with tools you can use to overcome it in your own life. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah unpacks those tools which can help you escape isolation and experience the fullness of life in fellowship with God and His people. Here's David to introduce the conclusion of Slaying the Giant of Loneliness. And thank you for joining us today, friends. I know that someday in the future there will be a major paper written, if it hasn't already been written, about the impact of the Internet on loneliness. People think that because they talk to people all over the world every day on their computer, that's interaction with humanity, and it is not, and history is proving that it is a dangerous substitution. Loneliness is the lack of being with people, in interacting with them, of knowing that someone you can see and touch knows who you are and what's going on in your life. That kind of an experience is not growing in our nation. It's diminishing because we have substituted an electronic uh, relationship for a personal relationship. And we're talking about loneliness. And uh, we began on Friday and uh, we'll finish up what we're talking about in just a moment. But I want to tell you that you can get a copy of this book, uh, Slaying the Giants in Your Life. It's just been totally redone, and it's in a beautiful format. 200 pages of teaching on the problems we face, problems like worry and guilt and temptation. And there's a chapter on each one of these and where the Bible intersects with these problems to help us. Ask for your copy of Slaying the Giants in Your Life when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of February. We're thankful for your gifts, and to be honest, we need them. We can't do what we do without you. So your uh, participation and investment is so important. And then um, don't forget, uh, there's a study guide for this, and there's a CD package for it, which you can order from davidjeremiah.org. More to talk about uh, concerning things that are coming up in the future for Turning Point. But right now, let's grab hold of uh, part two of Slaying the Giant of Loneliness. David was a man who felt loneliness in his heart. Psalm 142, verse 4, he says, Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. And you can almost feel the edge of the loneliness in those words as David describes feeling alone. We don't have to read much of the story of David's life to know why he would feel that way. Chased as he was by Saul, he was a fugitive for much of his life before he ultimately came to the kingdom. And David knew many moments of aloneness. Aren't you glad he wrote them down so that we could identify with him? When I read his words, I don't then feel so badly that once in a while I experience that. David, the king, experienced loneliness. And then there's Jeremiah the prophet. Not Jeremiah the preacher, but Jeremiah the prophet. In the Old Testament, we read about Jeremiah. It is one of the most agonizing stories you will ever read. 
In fact, if you are not aware of it, the book of Lamentations is connected to the book of Jeremiah, and it used to be one book before they separated them out. And you know the book of Lamentations is a book of funeral poems collected together to describe the anguish of Jeremiah's heart as he watched the city of Jerusalem dissipate right in front of his eyes. He saw the culture come unglued. He preached against it, and he knew that in preaching against it, they would not listen, they would not hear. And Jeremiah became the weeping prophet as he wept over the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. It was an agonizing thing for him. It's agonizing even to read about it today. Jeremiah knew something of the loneliness that can come to a person who is following God. Jeremiah was simply doing what God told him to do. He was following the direction of the Almighty, and he experienced loneliness in his heart. On one occasion, Jeremiah said these words in Jeremiah 9:2. He said, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they are all adulterers and an assembly of treacherous men. Jeremiah got so fed up with watching what was happening to his culture, he said, if I could just get a Motel 6 out in the desert, I'd just go out there and stay. And he was absolutely alone and wanting to be more alone because of the anguish of his soul. So there is loneliness, whether you be a king or whether you be a prophet. Those are Old Testament people. What about New Testament people? I'd like to tell you just a little bit about Paul the Apostle. The greatest man who ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. The human author of much of the New Testament scriptures. The founder of all of the missionary churches. The writer of the book of Romans. The greatest treatise on theology ever conceived. Paul the Apostle was a lonely man on occasion. When he wrote his little letter to Timothy, which we call 2 Timothy, it's the last letter he ever wrote before he died. He described the loneliness of his heart in the last chapter of the epistle, and he wrote his letter in these words. Listen carefully. Be diligent to come to me quickly, he writes to Timothy, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, and Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus is in Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Antichicus I have sent to Ephesus. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. You feel that? Here's the great apostle, and he stands alone. No one is with him. You would think that could not happen. You would think that's the kind of thing that doesn't happen to the great apostle. But the point of all of this is to help us all understand that when we feel the loneliness sweep in and begin to take control of us, we aren't the first person ever to visit that place. It is known by many in our culture, and it has been known by many who walked before us in Bible days. And it is not a sin to be alone. It's not sin to experience loneliness. It only becomes a sin when we start to indulge it and when we fail to obey the instruction of the Word of God, which is given to us to help us dispel the loneliness in our life. It is not wrong to visit loneliness. It is wrong to move in and let loneliness take over your life. So what do we do with it? 
How do we handle it? Where do we go when we feel alone? Let me suggest some things that will help us learn how to escape from loneliness when it begins to take over our life. First of all, we need to acknowledge the reality of it. I hope you're not among the people who are given to pious platitudes about personal problems. We as Christians have made an indoor sport out of saying the things that we think people would expect us to say, when in reality, they're not reality at all. A.W. Tozer was writing about this on one occasion, and he said, Some say brightly, Oh, I never am lonely. Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and lo, I am with you always. So how can I ever be lonely when Jesus is with me? And then Tozer went on to write, Now, I do not want to reflect on the sincerity of any Christian soul, but this stock testimony is too neat to be real. It is obviously what the speaker thinks should be true rather than what he has proved to be true by the test of his own experience. Have you ever heard an answer like that from someone? You go to them with your problem, and before you can even get the sentence out of your mouth, out comes the stock and trade answer, and then you've heard it all before. For instance, somebody says, well, you know, I was watching so-and-so, and they did such-and-such, and it was such a disappointment to me, and I don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to go on following the Lord because I'm so disappointed in that person. And what is the stock and trade answer? My friend, don't watch people. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He will never disappoint you. All of that is true. But it is also true that we have been called upon to be examples of the faith. And that the only Jesus you see is the Jesus you see in people. And there is something about the fact that when we don't live for God and we disappoint others, we bear a responsibility for it. Yes, we're to keep our eyes on Jesus, but the Jesus that we see is the Jesus we see being lived out in others. And so that stock and trade answer sometimes just leaves us cold. And it's not good enough to say when you feel alone, well... I'm not going to admit that I'm alone. I'm just going to accept the fact that I'm a Christian because I'm a Christian. Jesus is always with me. So while I may feel alone, I know I'm not alone. And so I will just deny the feeling. That's craziness. I'll tell you, I'm your pastor. I've felt lonely on occasion. Not because of anything anyone has done or because of anything that maybe shouldn't have happened, but because I'm a human being and we walk through the places of loneliness on occasion. And all of us have known it. So don't deny it. Accept it. It's part of life. It's part of the human experience. And after you've accepted it, then recognize that as you acknowledge the reality of your loneliness, you need to accept God's provision for it. What is the provision of Almighty God for a lonely heart, for a lonely person? Let me just remind you that he's the only one who can really solve that problem. He's the only one. Because God has created us in such a way that we have an emptiness in us that can only be filled by an intimate relationship with Almighty God. It is not possible for us to stuff anything else into that vacant space. Until God is at home within our hearts, we will always feel incomplete and we will always feel a sense of aloneness, especially when we face difficult times. I have been watching people go through crisis now for over 30 years. And I can tell you that it is possible to tell whether a person is a Christian or not just by watching their response to the difficulties of life. 
If we do not have the inner strength that comes through a personal relationship with Almighty God, we are left alone to handle the stresses and crises of life. But I'm here to tell you that God sent his son into the world as an ambassador. And his son came not only to give us the message of the gospel, but to be the gospel. And he hung on a cross between heaven and earth. And he himself experienced the most awful aloneness you could ever know. As he was rejected by his father, he cried out in the words of Matthew 27, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What was he saying? He bore the sin of the whole world on the cross. And because Almighty God is a holy God, he could not look upon even the representation of sin associated with his son on the cross. And he turned his back upon him. And Jesus was left alone with the anguish and pain and sin of the world. And I'm reminded that he was left alone so that we might not ever have to be alone. He was left alone so that the sin debt would be paid in full and that we could come to him and in faith we could accept what he did for us on the cross and by doing that he would come to live within us and he would fill the empty space in our hearts God created us with a place where Jesus belongs and until he's there we will always be alone in the real sense of the word so you have to accept the provision that God has made for you if you're not a Christian I can't really tell you anything except what I'm telling you right now that will help you pull out of the loneliness of your life. When you find Jesus Christ, you find someone who knows what you're experiencing. You don't come to the Lord Jesus to say, Lord, I know you can't know what I'm feeling. He knows what you're feeling a hundred times over and he can identify with you. But most of all, he's paid the penalty for your sin so that you can be connected to almighty God in personal faith. Are you connected to God? Do you have a connectedness with the Almighty? If you do not have, you can only solve that problem through the person of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Then you need to allow God's Word to fill your mind and heart. If you're a Christian and you're experiencing loneliness, you need to hear the Lord's voice speak to you. You need to hear the Lord speak to your problem, and He will do that if you will read the Word of God. This is not just a pious platitude that I'm telling you. This is the only thing I can tell you. God has spoken, and if you will read his word, you will hear his voice. And what does he say? Oh, there are so many scriptures. I wish I could spend the rest of this day reading the scriptures from the heart of Almighty God to people who are hurting. But listen to Psalm 27:10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Isn't that a precious promise? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? These are just representative scriptures that remind us that in the pages of this book are all the promises we need when we feel the pain of loneliness beginning to inch into our lives. Finally, let me encourage you to activate your network of Christian friends. I want to make a statement as we close this message today that I hope won't be offensive, but I have to say it because it's true. Loneliness is a choice. It really is. Now, moments of being alone may not be a choice, 
But lingering in the house of loneliness is your decision, and it's the decision you make. For God has first of all given us his son, and then he's given us his word, and then he's given us his people, all of which are for us, so that we don't have to be alone. The Lord didn't leave us here to experience life all by ourselves. He's put us into the community of believers called the church. I remind you on occasion that every time the word saint appears in the Bible, it always appears in the plural. Because saints are not left in isolation. We are the saints of God. And we come together for mutual encouragement and for help. And someone says, but Pastor Jeremiah, I don't know anybody. Well, then the Bible's answer to you is that he who is going to have a friend has to show himself friendly. You say, well, I don't think it's my responsibility to take the initiative. Then my friend, whose responsibility is it? How do you connect with somebody in a large church like this? If you sit around and say, I am not going to do anything about my solitude until someone notices me and reaches out to me, that could be a real dangerous thing. Not because people are uncaring, but there are so many people in this congregation. Do you know what the problem is? They would like to reach out to you as a visitor, but they're not sure but what you've been here longer than they have. People come up to my wife all the time and welcome her to Shadow Mountain. It's, just, it's, it's an amazing thing. You say, well, I'm not necessarily a gregarious, outgoing person. You know what? What I'm trying to help you understand is loneliness is a choice. You can be lonely, but if you stay lonely, it's because you have decided that's what you're going to do. There are Sunday school classes. There are small groups. There are ministry groups like the choir. There are opportunities to get into smaller settings. There are fellowship times. There's Bible studies for women and Bible studies for men. We have provided all kinds of connectedness if we will just take advantage of it and activate our Christian network. That's why God gave it to us, so that we don't have to face the challenges of life all by ourselves. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I love that scripture. Years ago, we had a prayer ministry in Shadow Mountain called the Triple Cord Prayer Ministry. And it was built upon this scripture that a threefold cord is not easily broken. When you come together with other people, when you build relationships with other people, you provide a strength that you cannot have by yourself. Oh, I believe in the all-sufficiency of Almighty God, but I also believe that God does his best work through people. Have you noticed that? Every ministry I've ever had in my life, I've had in my body. And in my body, I have reached out to others through my voice and my hands and my writing. And God wants to do that through all of us, to bring us together into a network of Christians that can dispel the loneliness that we feel. We should not be a church where people feel isolated 
And you know, while I put all of the responsibility on each one who may experience loneliness, I don't want to take any of the responsibility off of any of the rest of us. One of the things we ought to do as we come to the Lord's house on Sunday is this. We ought to get up early enough so we can have just a little time of prayer with God. And we ought to say, Lord God, I'm going to church today and I'm gonna be with a lot of people, but there's one person there who will need a word from me. Help me to know who that person is and give me the word in the right moment and in the right way. The Bible says that as we come to church, we're to do so encouraging one another. And that's the ministry to which the Lord has called us. Like many of the problems we're examining during these days, loneliness in the end is a choice. We may not like the circumstances of life. We may not feel like we've been dealt a very fair hand. But in the end, it is our response to these circumstances that determines our spiritual and our emotional health. And that's where God puts the responsibility squarely upon us. That principle is clearly demonstrated in this closing story. Anne Frank was a very famous person, and we've read the diary and seen the movie. We may not agree with all that's in there, but there are some tremendous lessons. Perhaps you recall that she and her family were prisoners in their home during the Second World War. They suffered greatly with unimaginable hardship and difficulty. Anne kept a diary of their experience, recording the fear of discovery they lived with every day. That's the diary that we've read and we've seen the plays and the movies. But along with the descriptions of the danger and the despair, she recorded her feelings, the feelings that she had in her heart. And somehow, despite all of the suffering she experienced, Anne found joy. In fact, in 1944, when she was a young girl, she wrote these words, and I quote, Nearly every evening I go up to the attic, and from my favorite spot on the floor, I look up at the blue sky. As long as this exists, I think, and I may be able to live to see it, as long as I can see this sunshine and the cloudless skies, while this lasts, I cannot be unhappy. (laughs) Riches can all be lost, but that happiness in your heart can only be veiled, she wrote. And I want to say with authority today that we have something far better than blue sky and clouds. We have Jesus Christ living in us. Though the world may crumble around us, he is the blue sky. He is the light from on high that thrills and encourages our hearts. I can look beyond my circumstances into the face of the one who loves me more than I know and the one who would never allow anything to happen to me that was not for my own good. And I can know with a certainty that he cares and that if I will trust him, he will help me through the experience of life and he will never leave me alone. If you know him, you know that is true. If you do not know him, then you are left alone with your own resources to fight through the problems. So more than anything else, let me tell you, loneliness for you is a choice. You can accept Jesus Christ and the resources of his person and know those resources for the rest of your time on this earth, or you can go on alone trying to figure it out yourself and feeling the pain that comes from time to time. My recommendation is this. Jesus Christ has come to give you life and life everlasting. And he's just waiting for you to make the decision to accept his free gift. 
I hope you will do that. That won't automatically um, make everybody your friend, and you will not immediately end up with uh, the lack of loneliness in your life. But what will happen is you'll have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. He's your number one friend. And then because he's in your heart, you'll be connected with others who have him as well. And the community of the faith will begin to mitigate the loneliness of your heart. Whatever you do, guys, whatever you do, ma'am, don't try to do life alone. You were not meant to do that. Everything in the Bible suggests that God meant us to live our lives in community, and you should do it. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about maybe the number one issue on the whole list of problems people face, slaying the giant of worry. And I want you to know there is an incredible passage in Matthew chapter 6 that deals with this so specifically. When we get done with two days talking about this, you will know exactly what to do to stop worrying. Now, you'll have to do it, but you'll know what to do. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Don't forget, uh, we're going to Alaska in July. Our special guest will be James Brown and Tony Dungy from the NFL. We're going to have a night of discussion with my son, Daniel, who is also a part of the NFL Network. And uh, it will be a great night. They're coming with their families to enjoy Alaska. We're going to have so much fun on that cruise. And I'm telling you this, especially for you guys, this is one you don't want to miss. An opportunity to interact with guys who are really at the front end of this game we call football. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. How are you being encouraged by this ministry? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Slaying the Giants in Your Life, and learn how to banish the giants from the promised land of your life. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue slaying the giants in your life on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Bear Bryant was the legendary football coach at the University of Alabama for many years. When one of his players was named as an All-American, 
Bryant was asked if he was disappointed that only one player was selected, and his answer was yes. He said his goal for his players was teamwork. Either all the players should be All-Americans or none should be. What Bear Bryant called teamwork, the New Testament calls unity. As Christians, we rejoice as a body and we weep as a body together. Our goal is to glorify only one person, the head of the body, Jesus Christ. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's plan for unity in the church on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.